0: All right. All right. Y'all doing okay? Yes. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Derek Parks, and uh, I have the wonderful privilege of sharing the Word of God with you this morning um, and serving as the lead pastor here at Epiphany Church. And so uh, I am very excited um, that uh, we get to, to, to live life together um, as a community of god and, and and I think this is wonderful because um, if you look around our church, you look around and you see people from different backgrounds and um, different ethnicities and ages and all the different stuff and uh, I want you to know how um, like uncommon that is because I get questions from people all around the country and they ask me questions like, "How do you get all those young people and like how do you get such a diverse group of people? And I tell them, I don't know. Because <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, Holy Spirit, that's that's my answer. And so um, it, I think it's a wonderful thing that God has brought us together as a beautiful community who gets to live life together. Amen? Uh, and I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about that. To that point, let me say this. Uh, small groups are um, paused for the rest of the summer, but don't miss opportunities to connect with brothers and sisters here at this church, okay? So let me help you really quick. This is just a quick billboard for you. Um, It goes like this. Hi, my name is Derek. How are you? Uh, Would you like to hang out with me one day this week? (laughs) Awesome. Here's my phone number so that you may contact me so that we might gather together. Man, groundbreaking stuff, groundbreaking. So try that like two times, and you might have some people that you can hang out with and spend time with. It's really fantastic how it works. Amen. (laughs) I'm just here to tell you, God has really given me a word for you this morning. (laughs) It's called hello. And... um, (laughs) So yeah, let try that a few times. Because and the reason why I say that too is because there are some new faces here. Amen. So you Epiphany people who have been here for a while, don't just keep hanging out with your people. Don't don't just hang out with your people. Find you a face that looks unfamiliar to you and pretend like you got some sense. Like your mama raised you well, okay? And and introduce yourself to somebody, okay? Oh, y'all quiet. What's going on? (laughs) Introduce yourself to somebody, say hello, and plan a a, a lunch or a a dinner or a a brown beverage somewhere. (laughs) Hey, that's however you like to interpret that. But you do that. So, (laughs) Jay. You do that so that you can you, we can work on having relationships in here and not just being like a cute, like diverse group. Let's actually love each other. Amen. Amen. Soapbox done. Okay. Amen. All right. So we have been in this series called. All right. All right. You guys are with me. We've been in this series called Devoted and God has been doing some awesome stuff through the word. And so I'm excited today to let you know that today we will conclude chapter one of the book of James. Amen. Amen. We started James a little bit ago. And we've been taking our time through the book of James. And today we will conclude chapter 1. I'm so excited about that. Um, and so uh, we'll be in verses 26 and 27 today. And so I got a message tied for you today. Track with me. Called True Religion Fiend. True Religion Fiend. Some of y'all. Where is he going? What does that mean? But in this series, this idea of devotion, we have been talking about how devotion is a misnomer in our culture. Because long story short, we don't even value devotion. Because anything that predicates someone being devoted is oftentimes it's sneered at, it's frowned upon, and all those different things. The reason for that is because devotion is defined as giving all or a large part of one's time or resources to a particular cause. And as we know, sometimes when it comes to our stuff, we're a little stingy. We don't like to give stuff away, but Jesus is calling us to give our full selves to him. And so I I, want to help us this morning because... I want to take a look at what our brother James has to communicate to us today. He's talking to us about religion. And and, and religion, we, we hear that word oftentimes, and I hear a bunch of stuff. I hear a bunch of people saying different weird stuff, like, you know, it's not a religion. It's a relationship and all that kind of stuff like that. And I understand the connotation behind all of that. But listen, you better get you some good religion. If you're going to walk with Jesus in a way that is devoted, I'm going to help you today because I want to submit to you today that I'm a true religion fiend. See, Chief Keef, the urban poet, urban poet, he released a song in 2014 titled True Religion Fiend." Now, in this song, if you haven't heard it, don't go listen to it. It's, it's, it ain't going to bless you. <laughs> don't do it. Don't listen. Don't, don't even do it. Don't Google it. Don't look it up. Don't look at the Don't do it. But in this song, he proclaims his love for and his addiction to true religion genes. Now, I lost y'all. Half of y'all. Because y'all don't know what True Religion Jeans are. But True Religion Brand uh, is an American clothing company that was established in 2002, based out of California. And they have these jeans that are really popular. So much so that these jeans are talked about in popular song lyrics from Rick Ross to Jay-Z to Rihanna to Chief Keef. And it's ironic to me how this clothing company coins this idea of true religion, which this idea comes from the scripture. They coin this idea in the midst of a culture that <laughs> wants nothing to do with religion. See, the, the people are infatuated with This clothing brand and these jeans, like if you don't have on a pair of true religion jeans, at one point in culture, you were corny. They're expensive, but you were corny. Corny. (laughs) Levi's are okay, (laughs) if you ask me. They're kind of expensive too. But what you see is, is that we know nothing of true religion, even though at times we live as though we do. See, sometimes we pretend and we walk around life as if we are more religious than others. We know how we do. We go, I would never do that. You see what she did? I would never do that. We get in this space, right, where we pretend like we're better than others. When the scripture tells us that if we're going to be truly religious, then we must serve others. So I want to talk. I want to get you to the scriptures. I want to help you to see what the word of God says. Uh, uh, James chapter 1, verse 26 through 27. Hear these words of our father through our brother James. He says this. Listen to this, y'all. He says if anyone thinks he is religious, I'm about to get in you business today. I'm so excited about this. He says, if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he deceives himself. Verse 27, he says, pure. Or true, and undefiled religion before God the Father is this. Hear these words: to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and somebody say and that was good. To keep oneself unstained from the world. Father, I pray, God, we need you today. Father, I pray, God, that you would, would speak to us clearly today. Father, I pray, God, that you would stand in my body and think through my mind and speak through my mouth today. Father, I pray that the words that I communicate to your people today, God, would communicate your heart to them. And so, Father, I pray, God, also that we would have ears to hear the word of God. Uh, And as we learned last week, I, I pray that we would not just be hearers only who deceive ourselves, but that we would be also doers of the word as well. And so, Father, help us to hear this word clearly. Help us have ears to hear. But then when we hear it, help us to put it into action. And so, Father, I pray by your spirit that you would be with us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. So. James opens up here in this clause, this pericope. He opens up and, and he suggests to us that if anyone thinks that they're religious without controlling their tongue, they're fooling themselves. He says if anyone thinks or supposes or, 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 or is pleased to be religious without controlling their tongue, their religion is useless and they deceive themselves. James here is encouraging us with this idea is because everyone has an idea in their head about what they're supposed to be. Everyone has an image in their head about who they think they are. Everyone has an image in their mind about how they present themselves to the world. And what I want to submit and argue for you today is that true religion is the gap between who you think you are and who others think you are. I'll submit more to you that maturity in Christ is the gap between how you you perceive yourself and how others perceive you. So there's always a gap between those two, but as we grow and mature, the gap should get smaller between how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you. Some of y'all think y'all nice, and you're really not. <laughs> Some of you, you know, you think that you're forward you're just aggressive, like there's a gap between how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you. And so James is, is, is getting us to the very quick of it. He's getting us to the very point of it, that the, one of the key ways that you can monitor the gap is how you control your tongue. Listen to this, James is saying, listen, whoever thinks he's religious, whoever thinks they are God-fearing, whoever thinks that they are a worshiper of God, without controlling their tongue, they're fooling themselves. I'm taking my time right now because I want to help you to see this. James is being very clear with us that there is a connection between true religion and... And how you use your words with other people. See, some of us, we think it's cool. Well, you know, I just speak my mind. Well, maybe you should speak it a little less. And, and, and I want to help us today because James is challenging us to to do something that's very interesting he 's challenging us to control something that that later on we 're going to hear in the scripture is, is very difficult to control and, and what James is submitting to us is is that there's this sense that we have uh, that we have to understand that our, our religion true religion is connected to our ability to hold in check. Something that is very difficult to check. He's submitting to us that, 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 that our true religion, be, being a true religion fiend, being somebody who, who walks with religion and, and, and who has a true sense, an unbridled sense, an undefiled sense of religion, is somebody who's able to restrain their tongue. And I want to—I I, I, I want you to get this because James is not mincing words here. What he—what he's suggesting to us—the word he's using here—it it carries the imagery of bridling your tongue. Anybody know what a bridle is? Some of you do. Some of y'all grew up on farms. Some of you know. But a bridle is something <coughs> that you use to control a horse. See, so there's, there's a bit that goes into the horse's mouth and the bridle is attached. And then you pull on it back and forth and it controls which way the horse goes. And, and James is somehow communicating to us that although your tongue might be wild and untamed, true religion means learning how to tame your tongue. Learning how to put it in check. See, some of you wouldn't know how to bite your tongue (laughs) if you had a whole wad of gum on one side of your mouth that pushed your tongue all the way to the other side. You wouldn't know how to do it. Here's the reason why is because we think that we're justified in saying what we want to say. We think that somehow we shrink ourselves if we don't say what we want to say. You think you diminish yourself. And, and listen, I get that. But the problem is, is that we see a problem with diminishing ourselves. The problem is, is that we, see, we have an issue with shrinking ourselves down. When, when Jesus had no problem with shrinking himself down. Jesus had no problem with making himself, the scripture says that he humbled himself. He, he had no problem with shrinking himself so that someone else might receive glory. And I want to submit to you this morning that there are challenges in your life. There are times in your life when you shrinking yourself down by controlling your tongue, it actually puts Jesus on display. And so we got to learn to be okay with controlling our tongue. This idea here, this word for controlling, it comes from a, a word which means to lead. And so the, the, the problem is oftentimes is we, we say stuff and we just blurt stuff out of our mouths. Uh, but we're, we're going to get to that in a second cause you don't just blurt stuff out of your mouth. It comes from your heart but we just blurt stuff out of our mouths at times, right? And and, and 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 we say, well, I couldn't help it. They made me angry. I couldn't help it. They, they, they made me mad. Did you hear what they said to me? They can't talk to me like this. But this word suggests that you've got to learn to lead yourself. See, the problem is w- with this is that Is that oftentimes we let our our mouth lead us when we should be the ones who are leading our mouths. Help us, Holy Ghost. True religion fiends know how to lead themselves. It it, it comes from this idea, watch this, of, of curbing your tongue. It it, it comes from this idea, that that, that idea of curbing is is to restrain or to keep in check, but it comes from this, 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 this root word, watch this, which means to bend or to bow your tongue. And so I want to submit to us today that controlling our tongue is about bowing. See, controlling your tongue... Is about bending. And, 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 and maybe you don't get that right now, but, but I want you to submit because, listen, when, when you were young in Christ, there were some things that you would just go off about. But now that you're more mature in Christ, you learn to let some stuff go. And the reason for that is because you've learned how to bow. The reason for that is that you've learned how to bend and and controlling your tongue. I'll submit this to you. Controlling your tongue is an act of worship before God. You got to learn how to control your tongue. An out of control tongue suggests an out of control life. An out-of-control tongue suggests an out-of-control life. If you can't control your tongue, it's hard for me to believe that you can control your actions. If you can't control your tongue and not say something that you know you're not supposed to say, how in the world do you control your actions? That's why James is telling us, he's saying, listen, that if you think you're religious and don't control your tongue, you're deceiving yourself. And your religion, hear this, is useless. But James is making more sense here than we're than we're getting to, but I want to help us James is, is is pointing us back here. He he he, he he's like a, a, a good commentary. He quotes the proverbs. He 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 quotes Jesus. He he he's putting all of these things together. And 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 I hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 12, verse 33. He's talking to us. He says, "Either make the tree good, and its fruit will be good, or make the tree bad, and its fruit will be bad." Listen to this. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, he tells them in verse 34, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. A good person produces good things from his storeroom of good. And an evil person produces evil things From his storeroom of evil. Verse 36, he says, I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account, hear this, for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be acquitted or by your words, you will be condemned. That's a whole lot there. Let me unpack it for you. Jesus is telling us he's submitting to us. That stuff just isn't, isn't just slipping out of your mouth, it's coming from your heart. You didn't say what you said because they made you angry. You said what you said because you're angry in your heart. You got anger in your heart, and, and, and it's stemming from something that you haven't got to the root of and dealt with and dug out. And I want to encourage us this morning that you got to deal with the things that are in your heart, because what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. <laughs> there's a there's there's a story of a of a parishioner following around his pastor one day the pastor was fixing some stuff at the church he was hammering some stuff and he's carrying around the hammer and the guy was just following so closely behind him to the point where the pastor said hey bro can i help you (laughs) you good (laughs) like what's going on and the parishioner says no i'm just waiting to hear what comes out of your mouth when you hit your thumb with the hammer now that's funny little thing don't follow me (laughs) (laughs) When I hit my thumb, (laughs) but it's a funny little thing to to suggest to us that what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And, and, And James is doing work here to point us to this reality here. He says that if you can't control your tongue, your religion is useless and you deceive yourselves. Let's talk about the tongue for a second. The tongue, this idea here it just talks about the language or dialect here. it points us to a physical tongue, but it's speaking more about the the, 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 the dialect and language of a person and controlling their tongue and I want to help you because there, there are some proverbs about the tongue that I think are useful for us today here 's a Turkish proverb It says this it says, "The tongue destroys a greater herd than a, sw- a greater hoard than a sword does." Here's a Greek proverb for you. It says, the boldest tongue, so small and weak, can crush and kill. Here's an African proverb. It says, be very careful of using your tongue as a knife or it will cut off your lips. Here's a Persian one. It says, don't let your tongue cut off your head. Somebody said, what? (laughs) Here's another one. Persian one. A lengthy tongue and early death. I'll translate that in hood speak. Don't cash a check with your mouth. (laughs) You know the rest. (laughs) Here's another one. The tongue, this is this is a Chinese proverb, the tongue can speak a word whose speed outstrips the steed. Last one for you. This is an, an Arab proverb. It says the tongue's great storehouse is the heart. The reason I'm going at this is because I want you to see that there are Some things that are connected to the tongue. And I'm going to give you four things that come from the tongue. Here's the first one. Filth comes from your tongue. We say some nasty stuff to people sometimes. We say some stuff that we wish we could take back. You know, when you were a kid, you heard sticks and stones break my bones, but words would never hurt me. That's not true. Words hurt. They do. And we say some filthy, nasty stuff to people. Here's the next thing that comes from the tongue. Lies. Lies come from the tongue. (laughs) We use our mouth to deceive and connive to get our own way to make people do what we want them to do. Lies come from the tongue. Here's the next thing. Gossip. Uh-oh. Gossip comes from the tongue. Well, I ain't saying nothing to the behind their back. I'm going to say it to their face. Well, <laughs> say it to their face. Get to it. We gossip. And here's the fourth thing we do. And this is the worst one. We slander with our tongue. And here's the reality. Sometimes the slander is whispered. We're it under our breath. Sometimes the slander is inferred, i.e., shade. Help us, Jesus. Some of us are shady. <laughs> we be throwing shade all the time. We can't even help it. Shade. And sometimes it's shouted you so and so so -so, you did this but hear this though whether it's whispered inferred or shouted slander always has perverted religion at its base slander is a religious sin we point down at people and point on people and say things about people that aren't true Because we think we're better than people and we're more religious than they are. And James is letting us know. He says, listen, if you can't control your tongue, if you don't stop slander from coming out of your mouth, then your religion that you think you've got is useless. It's worth nothing. That's what that word means. It's worth nothing. And I want to submit to us this morning is this, ready? Is that true religion has its own dialect and language. It has its own tongue. Jesus, we're going to see this in, in, in Colossians chapter 4. He tells us this. He said that the believer, watch this, the believer, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that... You may know how to answer each person. Colossians 4, 6. The believer, those who who walk with true religion, those who have true religion in their heart, your speech ought to be gracious at all times. There should never be a time when what comes out of your mouth doesn't show forth the grace of God to other people. And this is not condemnation talk. I'm not condemning anybody because we all get it messed up at times. But when you live with a pattern of ungraciousness in your speech, you are confusing and deceiving yourselves. Hear this idea, though. It it comes from the Old Testament here. Leviticus chapter 2 verse 13. He says, you are to season each of your grain offerings with salt. You may not omit from your grain offering, listen to this, the salt of the covenant with your God, you are to present salt with each of your offerings. Listen to me, family God, when you open up your mouth, it is an offering to God, and that's why he tells us that our speech and our tongue ought to be seasoned with salt. We can't just say what we want to say to people. We've got to be gracious and know how to offer our words to God, offer our words to people as if we are offering them straight to God. We can't just let our words come out and spew at people without our words being first seasoned and we take the time to prepare those words. That's what the idea is, is that you're preparing your words. You aren't just spitting stuff out. You're thinking before you're speaking. You're considering the context in which you're offering your words. You have to season your words with salt. Let your speech be gracious. Here's the reason for that. Proverbs 18, tells us this. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, listen, we misuse this a lot. <laughs> we misuse it a lot. Some people misuse this verse as a means for creating the kind of life that they want. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue, so I speak life. We do all that kind of weird weird stuff we get excited it's okay (laughs) calm down a little bit (laughs) and and listen I, i don't i don't think that there that that is a mistruth right i think you have to be careful about the things that you speak how you talk and that kind of stuff like that but we're oftentimes pointing to the creative powers of that verse and not the destructive powers of that verse see death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you speak, when you don't control your tongue, you have the ability to do damage to people. There are some people who, will wa- who have walked away from Jesus because of how you spoke to them. There are some people who, and I've talked to them, there are some people who will never step foot in the church because of how they were talked to by Christians. People whose words are supposed to be gracious have caused people to never want to step foot inside of a church building ever again. We have to watch our mouths, family of God. We gotta watch our mouth. Don't just go spraying off on people. Watch your mouth. <laughs> imagine, imagine God like your mama, right? When you start saying something you know you're not supposed to say, and she look at you like that, you know it's it's. Just, I better watch my mouth because what's coming next? <laughs> It won't, it won't be useful for me <laughs> i better watch my mouth <laughs> no it won't but this idea is 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 that if you do it your 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 religion is useless it's talking about this idea is that your religion is just vanity if you don't know how to control your tongue and you deceive yourself Verse 27, I'm almost out of time. He says, pure and undefiled religion before God is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Pure, pure religion or true religion, true religion. It, it, It carries this idea of being free from corrupt desire, clean or purified. Uh, One theologian says that worship that pleases God involves throwing ourselves on the altar before God. Throwing ourselves on the altar before God and before the needy in service. He goes on to say that that we, we, we may plead a lack of time to do that. But if we have time for recreation and social activity, then we have time to put ourselves before the altar and before the needy. He goes on to say that pure and undefiled religion, religion that is unsoiled or free before God the Father is looking after orphans and widows in their distress. We are called to first do the work of controlling our mouths and then he calls us into a dimension of looking after those who are comfortless that's what an orphan is John chapter first uh, John, excuse me, chapter 3 verse 17 and 18, he says if anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him How does God's love reside in him? Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in action and in truth. Sounds like what James was telling us last week. Don't just be a hearer, but be a doer. There are many among us who are comfortless And I I, I, want to give you a little bit to help you see that there are people around us whose condition is marred because of sin, but there's people whose condition around us are marred because of circumstance, loss of a key provider in the family, orphaned, widowed, We are called as a church of Jesus to make sure that we are caring for the needs of people. And that doesn't mean that we care for every single need, but that means that we create environments where people can have their needs met. That happens through community. Happens through us setting up various systems in our churches and things like that, where people can come and receive the benefits and blessing of being connected to the community. But He's calling us to deal with them in their distress, when they're pressured, <laughs> when they're burdened, and we're called to do that. We're called to care for the needs of those who are hurting and broken. And praise God, we do that well here at Epiphany. Every third Saturday, we are serving at our food giveaways. We give out about 8,000 pounds of food, and we serve our community. We love on people who have needs and all those different kinds of things. Every Wednesday, we're here praying for people. So we do that well here. Praise the Lord. But this is a personal call for you to make sure that the people in your life, the brothers and sisters in your life, those who are followers of Christ in your life who come up against pressure that they could find some pressure release in you. Commit yourself to that. Don't just go, oh, that's the church's job. Don't do that. Don't do that. Pray and ask God how he wants you to relieve some pressure for someone. And then lastly, he says it like this. He says, to keep oneself unstained from the world. Anybody ever make Kool Aid before? I saw one hand. Anybody make
1: Kool Aid
0: before? There you go. Okay, there we go. All right, it's been a while. It's been a while. Kool Aid. kool-aid is an art for the skilled let me talk to somebody in here it's an art for the skilled and this idea of keeping your life unstained from the world it requires the same level of skill that making kool-aid does i won't get into all the intricacies and argue with you about Kool-Aid making but you know some of you you know you know who you are too but listen to this making Kool-Aid without getting your hands stained was one of the marks of your skillfulness you had to learn how to be in the mix And not get the mix on you. (laughs) And the reason for that was this if the mix got on you, your hands were stained for days. And what James is submitting to us is this he's saying, be in the mix. Stir the Kool Aid. Pour the packet inside of some warm water. Just a little bit of warm water. Just a little bit. And then you start stirring in the sugar. How much sugar? Pour. Just keep pouring. And get in the mix. James is saying that those who are true religion fiends, listen, they know how to be in the mix. And not let the mix get on them. And and, in Jesus' terms, he says, they know how to be in the world, but not of the world. That's true religion. John 17, Jesus prays this prayer. Because be in the world, not of the world, it's not a direct quote, but it's inferred. He says this, he says, I've given them, listen to this, verse 14, I've given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Then Jesus says something here that is paramount. He says, verse 15, he says, I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them by the truth your word is truth family the reason why we call you to love the word here at epiphany is because we know that the word is a protective shield from the attacks of the enemy we know that the word is like a glove that you can wear to make sure that you don't get stained by the world We are called to be in the world and infiltrate the darkness of the world, family. But don't let the world get on you. The reason why you can't control your tongue sometimes is because you've got too much of the world in you. Don't let the world get on you. But keep your life unstained from the world. See, the world is already polluted it differs from the word. It calls perversion happiness. It calls murder a, a choice. It calls racism values. But being a true religion being somebody who loves religion, someone to true religion someone who can't have enough of true religion that's what a fiend is is someone who can't get enough somebody who who just has to have it If, if you're going to be a true religion fiend if you're going to be devoted here's my closing points watch your mouth true religion fiends know how to watch their mouths next they care for the least don't just be concerned about yourself be concerned about the needs of others that's Philippians chapter 2 it says that have the mind of Christ in this way that you consider the interests of others over the interests of yourselves that's the mind of Christ It's caring for the least and then last, if you want to be a true religion fiend family live an unstained life. I'll help you with one last thing. Listen to this. Fake religion is concerned with your good habits. Well, I go to church every week. I give. I don't sleep around. I don't cheat. I don't do those big things. That's what fake religion is concerned with. True religion is concerned with your bad habits. People with true religion, they, they, they just—I I, don't—I didn't pray enough this week. I, I, I didn't get before the Father enough this week. I, I didn't get in my word enough this week. I, I, I need to spend more time with Jesus and pouring over the scriptures and finding out what, what God has to say to me. I watched too much TV this week. I, I, I need to make sure that, that I'm spending time with brothers and sisters who are like-minded. And I need to spend some time getting into the word of God. True religion is concerned with your bad habits. There was a man who was going to the gym every day, working out, every single day. And he was so confused about why he wasn't losing any weight. He, he, he's like, I'm doing all the types of exercises that they say do. I'm doing this and that. I'm doing all types of stuff. Why am I not losing any weight? And his trainer asked him, well, what's your diet like? And he said, well, every day when I leave the gym, because I work so hard, I treat myself to a box of donuts. You're too concerned with your good habits. (laughs) Going to the gym, working out. What about those bad ones? Get rid of those bad ones and you'll be okay. Family, we've got to learn how to live like true religion fiends. Where everything that comes out of our mouth pleases the Father. Everything we do with our hands pleases the Father. Everything that comes from our heart pleases the Father. And we can do that by living lives that are devoted to Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you. Proclaim our love for some material things, but help us to proclaim our love for the immaterial person of God. God, we just thank you. We praise you. We ask you for forgiveness in the areas where we have not controlled our tongue. God, I pray that we would go and make it right with those who we have harmed from not using our tongue in the way that you've called us to. God, I pray that we would move away from filth and lies and gossip and slander and help us to walk in love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness. God, we ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
1: impactful sermon by Pastor Derek. Pastor Derek, thank you so much for your faithfulness in bringing the word once again this Sunday. And thank you all at home for worshiping in with us. We're so excited that you were able to do this. And remember, like, subscribe, share, and tell a friend and tell a friend mm-hmm. about what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington. Uh, and also, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus today, click the link in the description Fill out, fill out your information where it's asked, and then someone from here will contact you as soon as possible. If you are looking for a church home, also click the link in the description, fill out your information, and we'll be in contact with you as soon as possible. As soon as possible. And once again, man, we love that you are able to worship with us and we would love to have you come be a part of what God is doing here at Epiphany Church Wilmington uh, and join us next Sunday uh, as well. As if you could give as well, we would love for you to give by clicking the link in the description or you could do uh, the, what the screen says do as well. Once again, man, thank you so much. See you next Sunday. God bless you all. Enjoy the rest of your week.